Hey, this is your girl, Mikkel from Journey in Christ, here to uplift and encourage the babe in Christ. We are here to help you on your faith journey. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. This is your girl, Mikkel, and this is Journey in Christ. We are in a series called Sis Why. We're answering some questions that you may have been asking, some things that may have been an issue for you in the past as you are walking or in your journey in Christ. So we're talking about sex and sexual immorality. We're discussing sex and sexual immorality. And so let me know down in the comments, what has been one of the major issues you've experienced as a babe in Christ when it pertains to sex and sexual immorality? So let's talk about it. So let's really find out what is sex. Sex is an activity between one or two people. Yes, sex is meant for marriage. Sex is meant for marriage. Sex is what honors God and it honors God's plan and will for us. But when we go outside of marriage, when we have sex outside of marriage is when immorality comes in and sex becomes a little distorted. The sex industry has greatly and gruesomely uh, making more confusion when it comes to sex and sexual immorality, especially when it pertains to the word of God. And so we may see a lot of what seems normal to us in this world when it pertains to sex, when we see it on TV, when we see it on social media, and when we see it in movies. These things seem so normal that it may almost seem right. But sex is meant for marriage. I'll say that again. Sex is meant for marriage. And so when we have sex outside of marriage, before marriage, when we're too young, is when there become so many other issues and it becomes uh, a little bit harder to have self-control. So if we were to walk into in, in the word of God, obeying his word out, straight out, sex and sexual immorality would not be a big deal. So if we were to look at Philippians 4 verses 8, Philippians 4 and 8 says, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and of good report, there are things that we should be focusing on. There are things that we should be thinking about. They are the things that we should be watching. And so if we're watching movies, um, shows, whatever it is, and I definitely, even if we go into pornography, that is so far past it, that it is not thing a thing that is true, honest, just, or pure. It is definitely not pure. So what it is doing is distorting our point of view of sex. It is distorting our point of view of our bodies. It's distorting what the word of God says. And that is what the enemy has planned for, for us so that we can go outside of God's will. So as we go outside of God's will, there becomes even more issues that we're up against. And so sex and sexual immorality is um, a topic that we want to discuss and we want to um, be open and comfortable with this conversation. So uh, adultery is sexual relations with someone that is not your spouse. Adultery, fornication, these words are used 
in the Bible, but sometimes we don't understand it. Fornication is sexual relations with two people that are not married. Fornication is um, sexual relations with two people that they, they are not married. So it's two unmarried people. And so in the secular world, what we know as um, an affair, what we know as um, infidelity, cheating, sweethearting, is what the Bible says we lack understanding. What, what the Bible says that we should not do. So sexual immorality becomes normal in the secular world because the enemy has planted certain things within our communities that seem so normal. Now, what you may be asking is, okay, I know there was a question that came up that said something along the lines of, um, I've been having sex since I was a teenager. And so now, how do I walk with Christ and still honor him when it comes to my body and sex? The word of God also says that we need to have discipline and self-control. And so what can help is asking the Lord for discipline and self-control. What you may also need to do is have someone that you're accountable to. Ensure that you're around people that are within the, the same thinking. We talked about um, being unequally yoked. If you're around friends that are still living um, without Christ, that are still living um, uh, immoral life, then it will seem normal for you to do and it'll become harder to live a life for Christ. So creating a community for yourself so that you can be accountable, so that you can um, honor God and honor his word is the first thing recommended to do. And so in, uh, let's look at the story of Genesis. In Genesis 2, um, and we're going to start from 21. So Adam was created. God created Adam. He was working. This guy was out working and God recognized that he was alone, that he was lonely and he needed a helpmate. He needed somebody that would be um, who he could connect with. And so I remember that there was a point when I really thought that God, he was punishing us. Like, why would God punish me so that so I, for one, I do not have sex, to not have somebody to connect with, to not have somebody you could commune with, but that's not his plan. So when he created Adam, he then noticed that Adam was alone and created a helpmate. So he, he allowed Adam to fall into a deep sleep and he created a companion for Adam, somebody that is comparable to him, somebody that was just like him, who he can relate with. When we have sex outside of marriage, many times it is having sex outside of that person or it is not within the will of God. It is not the person who God would have that is comparable to you. Hence, having so many other issues that comes with um, even marriage that is outside of God's will. There are people that may have gotten married, but it is not God's will. So sex, sexual immorality, all ties into obedience, all ties back into um, submitting to God's word, honoring God's word and honoring God's word, then you then honor your bodies. The hardest thing in the, in the Christian community is having this conversation about sex. Um, sex is, is almost something that is taboo to talk about. Um, for many that I've spoken to, 
even those that have kept themselves for marriage, when it is time for marriage, they still don't want to understand sex. What is this thing? This is an intimacy with someone else. Sex is it goes beyond the act. It is more even of emotion and soul ties. So there are many people that have sex but are not emotionally connected. But they're soul tied. The scripture that says, as Proverbs 6 and 32, it says, whoever commits adultery, you had sex outside of marriage um, with someone that is not your spouse, you lack understanding. He who does so destroys his own soul. Going outside of marriage, disobeying God's word, you're destroying your soul. Hence, soul ties, being bound, being connected, being um, tied to someone that is not your spouse. And for, for many, you've had sex with multiple partners. And so being tied to 10, 5, 2, 3, how much ever, you're tied, your soul is tied to each person that you've had sex with. Having that understanding, knowing what you're tying yourself to, this person that has trauma, this person that has daddy issues, this person that is not in Christ, this person that has no values, that is abusive, all these different things that you're tying yourself to, that you're now bound to because you walked outside of God's will. Now, how do we get out of all of this chain of uh, bad events uh, because we were disobedient, because we didn't understand God's word? You go back to God. You go back to God and you ask for direction. If you have a spiritual authority, you have a pastor, you have someone that's ahead of you in the faith who's able to then pray with you and also direct you would also be awesome. Because now that they can help you and guide you and be your accountability partner through this journey. Listen, God did not design for us to be or feel frustrated to not have sex. His design is for us to be in communion or commune with him. And in, in sex with our spouse is a part of communing to God or with God because it is inside of his will It's inside of his plan and doing it right ensures that we don't deal with some of the extra uh, frustrations and the extra headaches that comes with um, sex and marriage. Having those accountability partners helps you keep accountable, helps you through this journey and directs you as you are becoming more disciplined in Christ, as you grow along. Now, there are some people that may have experienced some levels of trauma. You would definitely may need to seek counseling or seek um, additional help. What we're talking about here is allowing the word of God to help you 
on your journey in Christ, right? So sex is an act that is um, ordained by God. It is ordained by God and the enemy has taken it and distorted it and brought it into the secular world and brought all of the, the wrong or all of the, the things that would cause us to disobey his word into, um, into, that, into that life. And so sex is meant for marriage. It honors God's plan. And it is, um, it is not meant to be outside of God's will. So God's design is for us to be in his will. His design is for us to obey his word. And he has given us direction through his word on how we can remain disciplined and stay committed to honoring his word, right? So I want to recap on what I have said. Um, today, we are talking about sex and sexual immorality. Sex um, is an act um, that is meant for marriage. It is something that honors God and it is only distorted when it goes outside of God's will. Sexual immorality is an activity between two or more people that are not in um, that are not in marriage. Adultery is sexual relations with someone that is not your spouse. Fornication is sexual relations with some with two people that are not married. Neither of them are married. So sexual immorality is the the term that we use as affair, infidelity, cheating, and sweethearting. These are terms that we kind of coined to be normal. It is not normal. It goes outside of God's will for us. There are a few scriptures that talk about these things. And the scriptures are um, in Hebrews 13 and 4, where it talks about marriage and it being honorable. But fornicators and adulterers are judged. God judges those that are that are in or have affairs that are in that lives um a life of sweethearting and cheating and then we talked about uh the way god created relationship with man he created a woman from the rib of adam so that adam won't be alone aka creating a woman for a man so that so that he is not alone but the man was first working he was busy keeping himself occupied, and God saw that he was lonely. God has designed sex and marriage for us, for his kids. But where it has gone so wrong is when pornography comes into play, when the sex trafficking comes into play, when we have... Um, uh, When we have not obeyed or is we're not obeying his word, how do you live for Christ? How do you not have sex? It is a decision that you have to make. It is a decision that you make. You first make the decision for Christ. You want to live for him daily. Daily, you're saying the things that I feel I can put aside to obey God's word within us, innate in us is our flesh, the human nature to do things that gives us pleasure. It is, it is what comes normal to us. 
obeying God's word says, I will no longer live to satisfy my flesh, but to obey the word of God. So there is no one that is walking on this earth that has not felt or has not gone through some level of frustration when it comes to fighting the flesh. The Bible says that our flesh is weak, but when our flesh is weak, um, connecting to God, the grace gives, he gives us grace and he gives us that strength to be able to get through these seasons, these times when it is hard. God gives us grace. He gives us the strength so that we do not succumb to our flesh. Our flesh, um, because of what it sees, because of what it knows, because of what it is familiar to it, would say that it wants, what we're talking about right now is sex. What it wants is to be pleasured. What it wants is to feel good. But to obey God's word is to say, I will not gratify my flesh. I will not live to just feel good, but I will obey God's word. I will wait, and this is you, honestly telling yourself, I will wait until marriage. I will wait until I have my spouse to then be able to gratify my flesh, so that I will be able to then have sex. What happens when you feel um when you feel aroused when you want to have sex but you know that you cannot or you do not actually really want to do it the best thing to do is find those accountability partners that person that you can call or text who you can trust and say that i am going through this right at this moment some things that you may need to take out of your life is certain music. There are certain music that evokes um, that sexual energy that talks a lot about pornography within the music. Um, watching movies that have a lot of sexual um, acts in it. Those things are things that are that can perpetuate or brings the frustration because you are holding or keeping yourself from sex. Those things are things that you may need to take out of your life. What movies you watch, the things you listen to, and the people that you are around. There are three things that you may need to pay attention to. The things that you watch, the people that you are around, and the thing that you're listening to. The things that you, all these things go into your gate and subconsciously, it brings arousal. It brings these thoughts, um, the feeling of you wanting to call an ex. What brought that on? What did you see? What um, connecting factors were there? There are systems you may need to put in place as a baby, as a babe in Christ, as a kid in Christ, so that you do not fall into sin. You do not fall into sexual immorality. What systems are you creating for yourself um, to ensure that um, you're not alone with the opposite sex, that you're not a, that you're not um, around the people that may keep you in or bring you back into sin? How are you going to? What systems are you going to create? You need to create systems. 
for each person it's going to look different because for each of us we need to know what makes us fall weak is it a beautiful smile that makes you fall weak do you like like nice um toes nice nails a makeup you know what is it that causes you to fall into sin what is it that makes you feel weak to the opposite sex or for some is the same sex what things did you need to put into place to protect you from sin what is it that you are experiencing that is causing you to continuously fall into sin um, and that's where we have this conversation. We're having this conversation because many of us are falling into sin, that we are making mistakes and then we are um, we're going into guilt and condemnation. God is forgiven. He's a loving God. He's forgiven you of your sin. He just does not want you to continuously live in sin. He wants us to honor ourselves, to to. Um, love ourselves enough to protect ourselves from these things what systems are you going to put in place let me know in the comments hey y'all thank you so much for watching please like subscribe and share connect with us on social media we are on instagram facebook tiktok and please do remember we are on podcasts you can find us on apple or google as one of the major podcast outlets but i will see you in the next video peace out y'all